0: Playoffs get underway Sunday, 5 o'clock at Footprint Center for Game 1. Here to talk about that series from ArizonaSports.com. Our own Suns insider, Kellen Olson joins us here on the Arizona Sports Line. Kellen, good morning. How are you?
1: Morning. Doing well. Thanks for having
0: me. Book is 100% confident in what the Suns have entering the postseason. Uh, Are you 100% confident in what the Suns have?
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, they have that guy and Kevin Durant, you know, and, and Chris Fall and DeAndre. And I don't think it has to be much more complex than that. I, I think we all would have liked to see about 15 or 20 more games with those four, plus the pieces around them for them to establish a bit more chemistry continuity and all that kind of stuff. But with that being said, I think especially with how the West is lined up this year, they're going to be able to build a lot of that on the run there. And then I think once they get to the last two rounds, which is where I believe they'll be, the West Conference Finals and the Finals, They'll have some stuff that they've built up, like that chemistry, that continuity that I'm talking about. and I think they're in a really good position to, to take down that first championship that everyone's been waiting for. Uh,
0: I'm with you on that. Um, I love Devin Booker's analogy about foot, this feels like an NFL game we're played on Sunday. You get a week to prepare. I'm curious what you think Ty Lu might do with that time and his defensive matchups.
1: Yeah, typically those kinds of um, adjustments or whatever you want to call them, like getting into that playbook and and doing some weird stuff, typically coaches like to save that for the middle of the series. Usually you go out there and try your base stuff, right, and and kind of see where it goes from there. We've seen that a lot of the times, in fact, over the last two years for the Suns and the postseason, and I think that's where – Ty head will be at, too. I think that's a big question, all of this, and the story that I'll have up to wrap up my previous series on ArizonaSports.com this morning is on Josh Okoge and how they're going to defend him specifically. They could do some weird stuff there. They could put a weak defender on him, sure, and, and just kind of leave him there in the corner and have someone help off of him that won't be, have to guard Devin Booker or Kevin Durant or, or Chris Paul, right? But they could put a Zubach over there. They could put their center over there and have Zubach kind of hang around around the rim and just leave Kogi completely over there. You could put Kawhi Leonard on him and have Leonard just be the helper all over the floor off of him. There's some interesting stuff that they can do because of Kogi being out there offensively and defenses being okay with leaving him there. But with that being said, I think there's only so many – I don't think there are any right answers defending this team. I think that's kind of been my point in watching them over those eight games, that there's only so much that you can do even when a, a non-shooting threat like Josh Okoge is out there. I just think that there's only so much you can do. Watching those other four guys on the floor. And I think we're gonna see that even from a great mind like Tyler who's gonna make a judgment mid series, there's only so much you can do and I think we're gonna see examples of that really quickly.
0: Kellen Olson, Arizona Sports, our guest here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. The, the Akogi point you bring up is an interesting one because the way we've seen this unfold and with him being that fifth guy, he's going to get opportunity to shoot the ball. He's been empowered to shoot the ball. That's Monty Williams' belief is you're open, shoot it. But how short is that leash do you think for Josh if he does have one of those bad shooting games where he starts out 0 for 5, 0 for 6 from 3. Uh, how how quick do you think the hook is uh, for Monty Williams to make a change there?
1: Yeah, we saw it in the in the Dallas game, right? Mm-hmm. That was the third game that Kevin Durant played. Kobe was 3 for 13 in that game, 0 for 8 from 3. He comes out with 8 minutes left in the third quarter, and then he's pretty much never in the game again, except for this possession with 11 seconds left in the game. And I think that it all depends on how confident Monty and his staff feel in the other pieces, right? Like, is there a huge drop-off from Josh Akogi to Torrey Craig, or if they want to just go more all-out offense, guys like Damian Lee and Terrence Ross, where if they leave them in the corner, like they're going to knock down that shot. Damian Lee was 47% this year. On catch-and-shoot threes, Terrence Ross was 39. Those two guys are knockdown shooters in their own right. Shamit was at 40% this year as well. And I think He brings a bit more defensively. If he wants more size, that's where you can go with T.J. Warren or Ish Wainwright. That's the thing. They've got options. So I think not only do you have a couple of guys to choose from, but there might be guys that are better suited for the for this type of matchup specifically. I think Torrey is going to play a lot in this series. I think that he's going to be a true Six men in this series specifically, I think there might be other ones where he doesn't play as much, but you look at having, first of all, another option to defend Kawhi Leonard. I Uh think that's where he can factor into the conversation for sure. But then just everything that you want out of rebounding and then just defensive versatility with all the switching and the size that you want when you're switching, I think it could be a big Torrey-Craig series. I'm not sure if Josh Akogi will ever move out of the starting lineup. I think that they really value what he brings and just what he's established for himself this season and how much they're going to need him going forward and guarding ball handlers. But I do think that there could be big minutes in, in store for other reserves based on that. We
0: know we know last year that for whatever the reasons, the, the Suns did not handle the pressure externally or internally very well. What do you think the importance of, of, of mental tenacity is going to be in this postseason to not get caught up in whistles and calls and refs and, and all that stuff?
1: Yeah, it's going to be big, Dan, because I think the whole theme of this postseason <clears throat> for this team specifically is that their biggest enemy is just going to be themselves because there is no, I don't think anyone, if, if you don't pick the Suns to win the title or even the West, like, great, right? But I don't think anyone there with that kind of argument will argue that it's because the Suns have, don't have the highest ceiling out of any team. Like, they, they are capable of more than any other team in the league right now, so their biggest enemy is going to be themselves, not only from a performance perspective, but from things like that, and, and coming into this series, the Clippers have been a really good team, not only drawing fouls, but limiting their fouls on the other end. And then, of course, the Suns have been one of the worst in both of those areas. So there is going to be a free throw discrepancy in this series. like It is going to happen in some games and maybe for the entire series. And the Suns just have to keep their head when that's happening because it, it just is going to happen. And that's really the only way that I see them losing this series. I, I know that you guys and other shows have been discussing your levels of, like not necessarily fear, but how much of a series you think this will wind up being. I don't think it's going to be much of one. I pick the Suns to win in five games, but the recipe for success for the Clippers is that they generate more free throws and they generate more threes. We're going to see a game somewhere in here where the Clippers hit 14, 17, 19 threes, and they're getting to the foul line more, and the Suns have to have this really great offensive game to even hang around. Like That is going to be one of these games, and they have to keep their head, particularly with the free throws and their defensive rotations on those threes in those situations because it's going to come up in this series.
0: Real quick, before we let you go, Kellen, we appreciate your time. The, the concern about campaign and his availability to start this series, where is it, uh, where should it be, and how do the Suns combat that if he can't go?
1: I don't know, Vince, because we don't have any information. Uh, we, we asked Monty Williams yesterday for an update on those two, and we got nothing. So we're, we're going to have to wait for the injury report, it sounds like, on Saturday to see where that's at. It, uh, back soreness and, and that typical kind of listing is, is a good sign. Like Monty was saying, after the, that game on Sunday, like both of them, it was a contusion type of injury. So it wasn't anything serious uh with with that being said we don't really have any information we we come into practice like typically now much later when it's over so we we haven't seen them out there on the court then again we co- go in there and several guys are already off of the court by now compared to when we would go in a couple months ago so there's less information we're getting there so I don't know uh, I don't have a good answer, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. We'll ask again today. We'll see. All right, we'll see if we get some. Yeah, and a reminder <laughs> to make
0: sure everybody follows Ko. Kellen Olson stuff is fabulous. If you want every detail of Suns coverage, he will have you covered. Yes. Right, Ko on Twitter and at ArizonaSports.com. dot com.
1: We're travel buddies again. Yeah, I'm exactly. excited.
0: Looking forward to it, my man. <laughs> Thanks, Kellen.